All right. <clears throat> so the question tonight is, why is life unfair? This is the question that you guys have asked. Um, I, uh, I was trying to think of ways that things that, un, things that I thought were unfair that happened to me um, when I was a teenager especially. And it, it always came back to a girl. Um, a girl treated me bad or whatever. Uh, uh, not necessarily Stacy so much, um, but and I, I feel like I've told all my girl stories, so it doesn't make any sense telling them again. Uh, so, uh, and uh, uh, I remember I was in college, and and I took one of my final exams, and uh, the printer in the room that we were taking it in uh, wasn't working, and so they told us we had to go print it in the other room. And um, so I go in the other room. The other room has people who are not taking a test, right? And they're printing stuff out. So I have to wait for them to finish printing before I can print my stuff out. And so they print their stuff. I finally print my stuff. And I go and I take it to the teacher. And I say, here you go. Here's my exam. And he says, no, you can't turn that in because you're turning it in after the exam is over. Well, it's not my fault. I was finished. Uh, I didn't, you know, I was finished. The printer here wasn't working. I went in the other room and other people were printing. So I just had to wait. You knew that. You saw me go and finish and everything. He said, no, you get a zero. And so, and this is a college final uh, worth, it was worth, I think, 25% of my grade. All right. And in college, many times, if you don't, if you don't get a C, all right, if you don't get a 70 or above, you fail the class, all right? And so in my brain, I'm thinking, I get a zero, 100% minus 25% is 75. So I'm starting at a C. Unless I got 100% on everything else that semester, I failed that class. And so I blew up. <laughs> I uh, stormed out, I took my bag, and I threw it down the hallway. I knocked over some... Uh, <laughs> some signs that were in the computer lab, and I went, on a, I went on a rampage through that computer lab. I was a freshman, I was 17, I was young. Um, and uh, nobody did anything to me, nobody said anything to me. Um, they just kind of let me go. And um, needless to say, that professor didn't get a good review from me. Turns out he didn't get a good review from anybody in the class, and he was fired the next semester. And when I, and when I opened my report card, I still got an A. So uh, I don't know what happened, but that's just one case where it just worked out. But in that moment where I thought I had failed that test, life was unfair. This was a huge deal. You don't want to fail a college class. And so I was freaking out. Um, how is life, tonight we're going to deal with three questions. How is life unfair? How do people respond to unfair events in their life? And how does God want us to respond to those events? All right, so, so think about it. Think in your own life. How is life unfair? What are some ways that you would say life is unfair to you? Let's talk about it. Uh, do your parents ever make you go to bed when you don't want to go to bed? Do you, do you have a curfew that you have to be at home by and, 
Is that unfair? It's not unfair, it's foolishness. Okay, interesting. Uh, do you ever get blamed for doing something that you did not do? All right. Is that fair? Fair or unfair? Unfair. All right. Maybe you did something that you knew was wrong, but the punishment is just way beyond. Uh, right? What's, what's, what, someone give me an example of, of excessive punishment that you've received, Bernard. We get a detention in my school if we don't finish our homework. Okay. That seems excessive to Bernard. It's good. Okay. You, she got, Lauren got a citation for wearing a blue um, head. Yeah. What's it called? It's not a scrunchie. Yeah. Anyway. Um, you're, maybe you're not allowed to do certain things that your other friends are allowed to do, right? You're, you're not allowed to go on certain trips. You're not allowed to go to certain places. But your friends are allowed. That seems unfair, right? Uh, you're not allowed to go on the internet at this time. You're not allowed to be on the phone past this certain time. Uh, you know, give me some examples of ways that life is unfair. Trey. Uh-huh. And I, my mom, my mom wrote a letter to my health teacher saying that that my younger, my young sister. Right, she did it. She hit my book weight. And what they do? Um, so he asked me, "Where's my book?" Where right. What did What did they do to you? They gave me detention. They gave you a detention, oh. even though it wasn't your fault. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else got anything unfair? What's uh, something unfair? Go ahead, Amber. You get in trouble for stuff? Your sister does. Okay. Siblings. Siblings falsely accused. Siblings. Teachers and parents. They falsely accuse you of things. All right. Um, sometimes it feels unfair just to have to take orders from your teachers, right? So, the rules at your school are stupid. Alright. And so it seems unfair. Yes, Donna? Now, now, okay, is this the, oh, is this the whole story? All I told him was leave me alone. Okay, all right, all right, now the truth comes out. You yelled at him, okay? See, okay, see, there's always, there's always two sides to the story. All right. Some ways life seems unfair when there is death. It seems like... When people we love die, when people pass away, um, we say, 
this just doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel fair. I wish I had more time with them. Um, and so in these ways, and there's all kinds of specific ways, especially in your life, with your specific parents, with your specific teachers, with your specific brothers and sisters, all right, there are certain ways that life is always going to feel unfair. Now, next question is, how do we respond? How do we typically respond? Not how should we respond, but how do we really respond when these things happen? Okay? All right. All right. How many of you, how many of you fall under the rage category when, when things go bad? You are quick to fight. You are quick to yell. You are quick to cuss. All right. You start fighting, you start throwing things like I did when I got, when I thought I had failed my exam. All right. I used to have a terrible temper. I used to have a terrible temper. How many of you fall under the hysterical crying category? Bernard, yes. There's shrieking and screaming and tears uncontrollable tears Carrie yes okay okay this is usually girls usually usually this is usually guys all right all right all right all right we don't want to say we don't want to say what percentage of crime in the Bahamas is committed by males? By males, okay? By a vast, a vast majority, okay? So, so I think it's fair to say that this is a common male, but but it's not the women who are doing it. So, okay? How many of you? How many of you try to bargain your way out of it? Bargaining and manipulation. Um, some of this, some of this has to do is manipulation. The crying, when when people start freaking out, it's manipulation to get my own way. Right? Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay, so you fall under rage. Okay. All right, we're trying to go through these. Give me a second, okay? Because otherwise we'll be here all night. And then y'all will complain that I speak too long. When, when it's really not me. Okay? So bargaining, manipulation. Some people withdraw. Who withdraws? You shut down, you go silent, and you pull back, you pull away from everybody, and you're like a zombie. Okay, you go zombie. And sometimes this is, this is like, you're thinking, if I ignore it, it'll go away, right? If I tune you out, you'll, get a hint, you'll catch the hint and you'll figure out that you need to do something to make it up to me, okay? See, see it's still manipulation. It's still manipulation. Almost all of this is manipulation. Uh, sometimes we say things are unfair, but in reality, we're just upset that we didn't get our own way. 
right? Some people respond with despair. That's like after I was gone. Right. And, sometimes, and these go together sometimes. sometimes. I mean, sometimes this follows any of these. The hysterical crying into despair. Rage into despair. Rage into hysterical crying into despair. Okay? What is despair? Despair, depression. Depression, I just want to give up. All of, all of a sudden now, life is meaningless. Life is random. There's no point in living. Right? And then suicidal thoughts come into play. Um, this is when people want to give up. Anybody, anybody ever feel like this? That life is meaningless when these things happen? Yeah. And that's honest. I'm glad. Thank you for being honest. Because it's, it's real. It's real. Uh, and some people just respond with rebellion. Um, right? It's like, yes, I'm going. Some people, some people can get mad, but when they get mad, it's over and done with. And then they fall in line. And then they do what they're supposed to do. Some people get mad, and then they're going to do the opposite of what they're supposed to do anyway. All right? Now. What, I, what I'm going to say tonight is that each one of these is a sinful response. That every one of these is a sinful response. Even despair. Even despair. Okay. To a certain point. Okay. See, and now, and now, see here, we, you see where we go? We, we always go to try to find the exception. I'm the exception to the rule. It doesn't apply to me. Right? Because I'm not sinful and I'm perfect. Okay? Don't, no, I'm just saying this is what people say. When they try to make themselves the exception. Everyone wants to be the exception to the rule, but you're not. Okay? So we'll get into this. We'll, we'll go into detail a little later. All right. Now, what are some reasons? What are some, why are, what are some ways that... Reasons that life is unfair. Let's go. Um, reasons that unfair events happen. Our own mistakes. Okay? Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we do the wrong thing. We say the wrong thing. We don't do the right thing. And then there are consequences. And there's discipline. And there's punishment. Right? And even though we did something wrong, we want to get off scot-free. And so anything that anyone does to us, we say, oh, that's unfair. <laughs> right? When in actuality, it was probably our own mistake. Sometimes life seems unfair just because people have different opinions on something. All right? And someone might have better information about something than someone else. Like when I was eight years old, I told my, when my mom was going to, to the U.S. to buy some video games for me. And I wrote out a list of 50 video games that I wanted her to buy. She came back with two games. And I cried. 
I cried because I thought I was getting 50 video games. Now, obviously I did not have all the right information about how much video games cost, right? What's, what is a decent amount of video games for one person to have, okay? I thought it was a realistic expectation to have 50 video games at one time. And this happens, guys. Let me try to encourage you a little bit. As you get older, you start to understand that things that you thought were unfair were really uh, just your parents trying to protect you, uh, people trying to set discipline in your life. And when you get older, you find out and you look back and you say, oh, man, you know, yeah, they, they were trying to help me. Um, they weren't trying to ruin my life. They weren't trying to make me miserable. They were, they were loving me, in fact. All right, so sometimes it's lack of information. Sometimes it's just because we live in a fallen world and there is sin. There is sin in people. People are born with a sin nature and just about every inclination of our heart is to do evil, is to look out for ourselves. All right, and so sometimes people are gonna do things to you, say things about you that you, know, you don't deserve. Sometimes things are gonna happen that you didn't expect, that you don't want to happen, and it has, it has nothing to do with anyone else. It's just because there's, there's, we're, we live in a world that is not perfect, all right? Sometimes we have a rebellious heart, and things that are fair, we just wanna say, no, they're not fair, just because we wanna get our own way. When we get a detention for doing whatever, we know what the rule is, and we still break the rule. And then we get, we get what, the, what we knew was coming, and we still say, it's not fair. And sometimes, things that happen are simply God's process of growth in you. All right? So things are going to happen, and God specifically allows them to happen in your life to help you grow, to help you mature, to increase patience to increase endurance in you, to make you stop and to make you depend on him more, to make you trust him. Because if you didn't, uh, you, you, would, you would despair. You would despair. All right, so, so when the bad things happen, uh, how do we respond? I, I came up with a list of questions that I ask myself. Questions that I ask myself when when unfair things happen that I want, when I want to complain and, and lash out or withdraw or whatever response is your response, think about these questions. The first question you ask yourself, did I initiate this? Did I cause this? Am I only running from the natural consequences of my actions? All right? There are things that we do that are going to have consequences. And when the consequences hit, am I going to complain and cry and say, that's not fair? But we know that consequences happen when we do certain things, all right? Next question I ask myself, I say, how can I see this from the other person's point of view? Because what may seem unfair to me may seem completely logical and fair to them when I think about their point of view. And so sometimes you have to put yourself in the other person's shoes. All right? Um, 
And this, and this is where I think, well, maybe they, have, they, maybe they have more information that I don't know about that led them to make a decision or that led them to do something, okay? Sometimes you need to do this with your parents because sometimes your parents, you know, they may not have the money that, that you know, you want, you want a new iPhone or whatever it is, okay? They don't have the money for it, so they get you a different kind of phone and it's not as nice and everything, whatever. Uh, you're going to say, and your friend got an iPhone, but you don't get the iPhone. Or your friend gets a Wii, and you don't get a Wii. Or whatever it is. Um, these, are, these are things that happen, okay? Um, think about how does God want me to respond to the authority who seems to be unfair right now? All right, because we all have authority in our life. You, you guys are teenagers right now, and you think, man, I can't wait till I'm adult. Then I won't have to answer to nobody. All right, that is a lie. That is a lie. Everybody is under authority, okay? Those of you who go to, if you go to Kingsway, and Mr. Baxter is your principal, right? You think he is in total authority, but he's not. He answers to a board, okay? And so he's under their authority. Everybody is under some kind of authority. You guys have your parents. When you get older, it's going to be your boss. All right? Now, you do get a little more freedom as you get older, but you're still going to be under authority in very big ways. And so you need to start practicing now. How am I going to respond to the authority that is in my life right now? Whether it's my parents, whether it's my principal, whether it's my boss, okay? You need to start thinking about this right now. When unfair things happen, think, who can I talk to? Is there someone I can go to who will help me understand this, who will help me deal with this, who I can express my frustration to so I don't have to withdraw, okay? Because sometimes we withdraw and we keep it all inside and we make it worse. And then we fall into despair and instead of going out to people, we go inside when we could be going up to God or out to others and seeking help. This is something that we need to do. All right? And lastly, how might God be using this as an opportunity to make me more mature? These are questions, this is the biggest question that you need to ask yourself. Is God asking me to be humble, to submit to the authority that's in my life, whether it's my teacher, my parents, is God asking me to have patience because I'm not getting that thing I want so bad right now and God's asking me to be patient and wait for it in the right time. All right? There's all kinds of ways that God can use these things in our life to make us more mature because let's be real. If we were to choose for ourselves, we would never be mature. We would never be patient. We would never love others, love our enemies. We, would, we want everything that we want, and we want it now, right? If someone does something to us, we're going to get them back. And so sometimes God has to allow these things into our life so that we have to stop and make a conscious effort to be mature and not act like little children for our whole life. So don't think just about how this, 
you know, is making your life suck, think about how might God be using this to make me more mature? And that's a hugely important question, and I hope you guys can do that. Um, <clears throat> so, when these things happen, you have a choice of how to respond. People will do unfair and evil things to you, all right? Sometimes it's all in our head. It's from our own perspective. We're being selfish and we say, you know what, that's not fair. But sometimes there are real things that happen that aren't fair. You were doing the right thing and something bad happened to you. You were trying to help someone out and you suffered because of it. And these are real things. These are real situations. These are, this happened to people in the Bible all the time. This happened to Jesus. You think? Did Jesus ever do anything wrong? No, the Bible says he was sinless. Yet, what happened to him? Suffered, was persecuted, crucified for doing nothing. Think about, has Jesus gone through this? When you're going through these situations, think about, has Jesus gone through this? How did he handle it? Okay? Um, how many of you know the song Make War by Tadashi? Okay. You know the, the little preacher at the beginning who says, murmur, murmur, murmur. Okay. Right. And he says, and he ends up saying, make war. Um, his name is John Piper. And he wrote a book called Spectacular Sins. Uh, Spectacular Sins and Their Global Purpose in the Glory of Christ. And he came up with uh, eight things to do with evil. When unfair things happen, um, how do we respond to them? First thing he says is, he says, expect evil. The Bible tells us, First uh, Peter 4 verse 12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. All right? He says, don't be surprised if something bad happens. Don't be surprised when people hate you, especially if you're a Christian and you're trying to do the right thing. Don't be surprised if you suffer. We live in a fallen world and these things are going to happen. And if, if you're surprised by it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you that much worse. All right? Next thing he says, he says, endure evil. And these are all biblical commands, obviously. I've got the scripture references there. Um, endure evil. It says, love endures all things. That's what 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says. Uh, give thanks for God's refining. Romans 5, 3 through 5. There's more than that. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we can rejoice when the unfair things happen, because we know God is using it. All right? We don't rejoice in that thing. Like, we're not glad that we're feeling pain. But we can rejoice knowing that God is going to use it for our good. All right? Uh, we can hate evil. It's okay to say that these unfair things are bad. That's okay. Uh, we pray for escape from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, expose evil. Ephesians 5.11 Says, does, says, don't associate with darkness, rather expose it, okay? So don't help your friend cover up their sin, 
Sometimes your friend doesn't even see the sin in their life and they need it to be exposed to them. And sometimes God wants you to be the one to do that. Do it gently, do it humbly. Um, don't be, you know, make sure your, the telephone pole is out of your own eye before you go to them. Take the plank out of your eye uh, and then tell them about their speck, okay? Overcome evil with good, all right? So that means when the evil things happen, we don't despair and we don't give up and we, and we don't say, God, why did you let this happen? I don't want to live anymore. We have to be active. We have to do good things. We have to seek out good things to do. All right? And we resist evil. What happens when we resist evil? The devil flees from us. That's where that verse is coming from. All right? So those are eight things to do with evil. And then he comes up uh, with four things, four things to never do with evil. Four things to never do with evil. Number one, never despair that God is not in control. You were asking earlier, why is despair a sinful response? Because what does despair believe about God? It believes that he isn't there, that he doesn't care, that maybe he caused it, maybe he's not powerful enough to stop it. All right? And those thoughts can creep in there, and we have a temptation to believe them. Never despair that God is not in control. Never believe that life is random and meaningless. God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for allowing the unfair, bad things to happen. God is an infinitely wise God who can work anything for good. Number three, never give in to the thought that God sins or is ever unjust. Okay? How could God do this? Maybe he's not wise. Maybe, maybe he likes it when I suffer. It's not true. All right? And the last thing is never doubt that God is totally for you in Christ. God is totally for you in Christ. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, God loves you the exact same way that he loves Jesus. Think about it. When you put your faith in Christ, God no longer sees you as a sinful person. He sees Jesus Christ in your place. And he loves you the way he loves Jesus. Listen to this paragraph. <clears throat> if you trust him with your life, you are in Christ. Never doubt that all the evil that befalls you, even if it takes your life, is God's loving, purifying, saving, fatherly discipline. It is not an expression of his punishment in wrath. That wrath fell on Jesus Christ, our substitute. Only mercy comes to us from God, not wrath. If we are his children through faith in Jesus, the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Only mercy comes to us from God, not wrath. So anything that happens to you, even if it feels bad, is God loving you for your good, even though you can't always see it. I want to close with 1 Peter chapter 4. The book of 1 Peter was written to 
Christians who were suffering. The whole book of 1 Peter is written to Christians who are suffering. So if you think you're suffering, and if you think things are unfair, read 1 Peter. You can relate to those people, all right? Peter is always encouraging them, even though they're suffering. It's actually 1 Peter 5, verse 6 through 11. Um, and so everything he's about to tell them is talking to people who are suffering in the context of suffering and maybe wanting to give up. This is what he says to them. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. At the proper time. It might not be this time right now, but at the proper time, God will exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. All right? So as you're suffering, you humble yourself and you cast all your cares on him. You, you tell him what you're feeling. Be sober-minded, all right? So when you suffer, sometimes you go a little crazy. But Peter warns them, he says, all right, don't let the suffering get to you. Still, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. All right? We have a tendency when we suffer to say, I'm the only one who is feeling this. But the reality is that people all over the world are suffering and feeling the same things that you're feeling, experiencing the same hurts that you're hurting. So, okay, so don't make yourself... uh, that special. You know what I mean? Don't make yourself think I'm the only one. Oh, my life is so horrible because no one else feels what I feel. There are people all over the world feeling that, okay? And you can, you can be encouraged by that, okay? To know that you're not alone. And after you have suffered a little while, okay, so he says, you're going to suffer, but it's only a little while. The God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. All right, so whatever you guys are suffering through, it's temporary. And it says Christ himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I know sometimes I, I question you. I question when certain things are going to happen for me. Um, if, if you're punishing me. Uh, Lord, and I know that other people have those questions. And when bad things happen, it's easy for us to doubt. Lord, I thank you that your word tonight shows us that you do care about us, um, that we don't have to give up, that we don't have to withdraw and isolate ourselves. We don't have to respond with rage. Um, we, can, we can trust you when those things happen. We can know that you, that you are loving us in that moment. Even though we may not feel good about ourselves, even though things at school aren't going well, 
even though our parents are on our case. God, we know that you still love us and that you haven't left us alone and that you are working good in our life through that situation. God, I pray for for anyone who is struggling that they would be able to see your refining effects in their life through the difficult trial that you are letting them go through. God, I pray for strength. pray that we would never give up on you and that we would always believe that you love us in every situation. In Jesus' name, amen.